United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead threat that links them. This week, we are going to briefly discuss the history of lead and makeup. And spoiler alert, there is still lead and makeup today. Not that anybody should be surprised. But I also just wanted to briefly touch on some of the current events, which I guess won't be so current by the time this airs. But at the time of our recording, uh, some Supreme Court decisions and One I want to highlight is the rollback of the EPA regulations that the Supreme Court just ruled because we touch on this in the timeline, the 2017 timeline of Trump and the setup of the dominoes to make all this happen. So we just want to briefly bring notice to that. This is obviously, you know, if you think this is just something that happened, it's, it's been in the playbook and a part of a plan for a long time. And that has inspired us to dive a little bit deeper into the cult of corporations on a spinoff, which will be coming soon. For those uh, who like our content, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon at United States of Lead. I got into a little bit of a rabbit hole (laughs) Just trying to find a simple timeline of events for particular people in current events. And it led to some obvious yet shocking information that I think we need to share with everyone. I also just wanted to say I really like, I appreciate these um, off-kilter mentions. So like we put out this podcast and then it takes time or we make it and then it takes time for for editing and, and then it comes out. It's not coming out the moment that we finish talking. But what I really appreciate about this is when it does come out, we have an opportunity to kind of offer these little glimpses of a couple weeks ago. And I mm-hmm. think right now it's kind of difficult to keep all of the crazy in mind. Yeah, there's a lot. And when we looked at the um, timeline of acts under the Trump administration, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Remember no. No, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was just. Why I, it's important to go back on it. I think that'll be a good reminder for everyone to 
see the inner workings because the interesting thing, you know, is as much as Trump is an egomaniac, narcissist, corrupt person, the focus on this being him (laughs) and only him as like this mastermind is also deflection that people really need to pay attention to. Like, yes, is he as shady as everybody believes? And does he believe, does he deserve to pay the consequences of his actions? Absolutely. But if you think like, it's like, oh, we just need to lock Trump up and then we can like move on with our lives. You're sorely mistaken. Well, that's one of the reasons why I was excited to hear about the site project or this idea that you had, because one dynamic in like the logistics of the structures of cult cults are is a relationship to power i think oftentimes a cult or uh some of these extreme religious practices are a better lens or a better form to examine corporate structures and political structures and cultural Mm -hmm. structures than they are like church structures or Mm -hmm. uh uh, other religious faiths. Sometimes religion it doesn't always fit so well with religion. It actually fits better with these unconventional and, and secular, seemingly secular corporations. Why are people allowing these things to happen? Why are we allowing these harmful rituals, these like hazing rituals or these... Mm-hmm. Kidnapping like, people? Even something as simple as pay. How oh, pay yeah. is the determined of, and yep. worthiness is determined. It's uh, like Scientology, like you have to pay to get to a certain like status and uh how you have to have a certain status in a community that's undefined which is not unlike yeah you're getting your salary increased or something like that like oh yeah someone else someone else knows the rules but it's just because they're in the in group that's cult that's cult-like behavior and also i think people forget that christianity was a cult considered it's the most successful (laughs) cult in history if you look back at history and like what happened there I mean, I'm somebody who was raised Catholic. And the other thing is like people hear that and then they automatically feel attacked. And it's not attacking your religion if you actually walk in the footsteps of Christ and not use the name Christ to get away with some really evil, corrupt stuff that's different. Like Christ would never have done any of the things that a lot of these people who claim to be Christian use the word Christian to get away with. Jesus was a pretty chill hippie. Anyways, back to lead and makeup. (laughs) From Wikipedia, quote, the practice of deliberate skin lightening initially began in ancient Rome, where lead carbonate was used as a cosmetic product to whiten skin. Light skin was thought to be a symbol of femininity and beauty ideals during the time favored clarity of individual skin, which I mean, I'm pretty sure like clarity of skin is still favored. I don't know if that like went away. So lead carbonate was also used throughout ancient Egypt and Greece as a white cosmetic, and it was known as serusa. The basic ingredient of this was white lead, and it was used by Roman women to cover blemishes and enhance skin color. The Egyptians used lead sulfide in coal or application is typically found around the eye, which, good Lord, you know, we've been expanding our life, our lifespans throughout the ages. And it's like, how much of this was just like people just constantly being poisoned and that's why they died so early. Yeah. So you might be wondering, well, how is this stuff made? 
According to Wikipedia, quote, the process of manufacturing Venetian ceruse. So this is once it got to Italy. So that they kind of ignore the fact that there is like a timeline of this where they continue to uh, enhance and improve the lead makeup, you know, because it's just working so well. The process of manufacturing Venetian ceruse involved carefully placing lead sheets into clay pots partially filled with vinegar. The pots were then sealed with lead lids or packed straw and kept aside for several weeks, allowing the lead acetate to form and produce lead carbonate, once eventually exposed to air, end quote. And so, yeah, like I just said, other versions of leaded makeup predate this time. But this was, I feel like it's like when it was most notable. Well, in the process, you know what I mean? it, something I think in his, historians wish that people had more of is, are the technical manuals for how to do mm-hmm. things. Like people yeah. wrote, and then we made Ceruse, like mm-hmm. as if everyone knows what that is. And yeah, so I'm sure like, you know, Venice isn't that old, certainly. Yeah they probably had the technical manual and that's why they're able to quote from this. Oh yeah. Uh, in the process of making it. It's just, and also just how fucking gross it sounds. <laughs> Vinegar. Like did that shit just smell horrific and you're rubbing it all over your face? I really want to know what it smelled like. I feel like one aspect of time travel movies that no one talks about is like one, if you go too far in the future, you're susceptible to, just random diseases. Yeah. Nobody ever. You go 150 years in the future, you're dead in minutes because of, <laughs> of the common cold at that point. And yeah. then if you go too far in the past, really stank. Yeah, it, it was, was just really unbelievably stinky. <laughs> yeah, they never bring that up. They, they really never should. bring that up. It's not like like one like the the comic relief steps in something. It's all the yeah. time. There's nothing that's, but stepping in something. Anyway, that's why I liked Deadwood. Like they looked stinky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those love scenes. There's a little oh, bit of poop God, in the stop. air. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to leaded makeup. <laughs> so going back to the idea of when this really, because to me, I don't necessarily associate this with ancient Rome, but I knew they used it in makeup, like they used it in everything. But when I think of this like white makeup, I always think of uh, the people with the powdered wigs. But going back to Wikipedia quote, the ideal beauty standards during the late Middle Ages and early Renaissance saw women aiming to achieve a white complexion contrasted by bright red cheeks and lips. The complexion many women strive towards was that of a quote, bright as moonlight or quote, fair as snow, end quote. And I love this because like, I just think of like being sickly, you know, like you always see those jokes of the, uh, the sickly Victorian child memes. I don't know if you ever see those online. Oh no, for sure. But like that was somehow to show that you were healthy. And then that's, you know, I mean, talk about how we use makeup just in general to mask imperfections, right? These people are trying to mask their sickness, but ironically, making themselves more sick. It's important to know too, though, that this makeup was obviously used by both genders. So, I mean, were women probably getting a hell of a lot more sick because I mean, they were just full of it, not just like with their makeup, but you know, what they then were prescribed. And like I said, like they continue to put more on because they feel like they need to cover up the imperfections, even though what's causing a lot of it is what they're putting on their face. So 
also too, it made me think like, you know, when you see comedy sketches from like the 16th century and it's all like, a, oh, you know, and they always sound so crazy. <laughs> sure. Like, <laughs> like I think of like, God, what was that SNL sketch with um, the guy from Kids in the Hall? It was, it went on for so long. Do you remember where they, they're dressed in their powdered wigs and okay. they're the two guys who are constantly laughing and they like, oh, fuck, okay. I'm going to have to find it. But anyways. It made me think of our discussion with the powdered wigs and how the powder in, in these powdered wigs was also just nothing but powdered lead. So like they're rubbing it on their faces. They're putting it on their heads. I mean, I even think of the movie Amadeus mm-hmm. and you know how Mozart's crazy and has that crazy laugh like that that's associated with that time. And it's like, were they all just fucking psychotic from lead? I think that's one of the things that we're exploring is that this notion of lead poisoning and lead affecting our day-to-day world, our mm-hmm. centers, and particularly our centers of power, mm-hmm. is, but it could really be a factor. It could really be part of why things are messed up, is that, because what we're discussing here, these are the people that could afford makeup. Like, so the mm-hmm. blacksmith's wife was not, who would have been a, a pretty well-off person in a village, right? So this is yeah. a tradesperson's wife. Yeah. They weren't. She wasn't. Yeah. She weren't caking it on every day before milking the cow. Um, <laughs> there might be the, one outlier out there that was safe. Right. And she just needed it before, you know, to take out the garbage, <laughs> which, which was all around them. Cause again, it's, it really it was stank. stinky. <laughs> These are the haves. These are the, the, the well-offs, the people who are writing history and that we have. And again, going back to ancient Rome, you know, like that, it was a, it was a social status thing. Obviously were people getting poisoned by the water. Yeah. But like the amount of it. And then we talk about this a little bit later, but the, the concept of poisoning itself and that people like hear the word, like getting poisoned. And it's like this idea that it's like this, boom, okay, you're done. Like out of a movie where like you drink the, the poisoned oh. wine and then, oh, you're done. And like a lot of the poisoning that we experience isn't something that you can even notice is happening to you because a yeah. lot of it is, are these effects like nausea, headaches and irritability. You know? mm-hmm. It's not something that we're set up to explore. So, I mean, like with the difficulty of getting a test and the rampantness yeah. of lead everywhere, I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we've been saying is it should be a more present part of our everyday discussions or like, how do we start a renovation? How do we mm-hmm. get a new apartment pl- complex? And like, mm-hmm. we don't have like lead testing. Every, like, all right, I just moved in. So we test. And then after every three some, years, after some use of this apartment and we've mm-hmm. kicked up the dust and we've moved things and we've hung mm-hmm. things. And then it's like, okay, should I test it? When do I test again? When do I, I just went through this and this and this, when do I test again? Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have that, even though lead is everywhere. So the only way we have it is if you have a child, they get tested, they find it, they make the connection of that. And then you go back in six months and get tested again. But like I said, once that happens, if the elevation continues, then your option is to move. And then mm-hmm. somebody else moves into that place, gets lead poisoning. Like there's no actual fix, if you will, that seems to be happening. I don't understand why every three years you can't get your lead level tested and have an actual number. 
something you could be using every day. It, it might not be a lot of lead, but it accumulates in your body. Yes. And that's what we're trying to get to. Only 25% of like the disease and cancer that is in our society is genetically marked. It's lifestyle and environmental. And the scary thing, like we said, brought up earlier with the EPA regulations being lifted, we were on a good trajectory of lowering cancer and disease. And that's not going to get better mm-hmm. the more that these regulations get lifted. When I was a kid, I in school, we were talking about some survival business. And I thought, so like if someone went overboard, growing up in Minnesota, it was like if someone goes overboard and they're in the ocean, I thought, why don't they just swim back to shore? You know, it might take days and days and days, but why uh-huh. don't they just swim back to shore? The reality is there's huge currents of mm-hmm. water that even if you were swimming as fast as you could, you might even traverse hundreds of miles, but you're only traversing within this current. And yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, I, of course, you, I know you know this, but I just, like that was a, a huge aha moment where it's like, oh, I can actually do a lot of energy. I can spend a lot of energy in my little sphere. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know how to articulate this, of course, when I was a kid, but it's like, oh, I can do a lot of stuff in my little sphere. But there's a whole chunk of something that's moving that I, I can't really escape. That's the scary and some people thing can't lead. swim. Right. So there's <laughs> <laughs> And then there's those people who just never were taught to swim. And there's some people that can swim really well, but you're never going to swim well enough to escape the current. Yeah, you're yeah. never going to like Yeah, you can do your best, but you can't get out of this. But going back to Ferris Snow look According to Wikipedia, quote, during the Middle Ages, individuals had little access to effective medicine for treatment of many of the diseases that were rampant at the time. So like we said, having clear skin from blemishes was therefore highly sought after and considered to be a social indicator of an individual's good health and fertility for women, end quote. And so I think about the fact that lead is associated with infertility and how much of a mind fuck that must have been for women at that time. You know, and then being shamed for not being able to have children. Like, well, you're not a woman if you can't bear a baby. Also, too, I want to note that there's debate as to whether or not Queen Elizabeth wore leaded makeup. A lot of sources say she did, and then there's some that say she didn't. But given the side effects that she had, there is a good chance that she was slowly poisoned by lead throughout her life. There's, you know, her hair loss and teeth falling out and just all sorts of weird, interesting stuff. But that is something, again, like I said, that we want to touch on is this concept that if you're poisoned, you know, you fix it and then that's it. Like that's not how a lot of people are getting poisoned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even like with water and like the tap water and, you know, the crisis that's still going on in Flint, how insane that people are just ignoring the fact that the Supreme court in Michigan released all charges from the people to be held accountable for the lead water poisoning of Flint the blatant lack of accountability is atrocious. As we associate white face makeup with high-class society of certain eras, we can't also leave out another sector of society that really loved wearing white face makeup, and that's clowns and mimes, but hard to decide which is creepier, a clown or a mime. So uh, (laughs) we're going to focus more on clowns. 
<laughs> my mom actually brought up this really famous mine to look into. And like I said, this is going to spin off into us looking like more in depth into specific people after I read the thing that I'm going to read because it's pretty interesting. But when I first started reading about this kind of makeup, my first reaction, you know, was to think of clowns. And as I mentioned, we'll be getting to serial killers soon. And so the first thing that popped in my head was John Wayne Gacy. Uh, I also learned in his background that there's some really big lead flags in his background. Get it instead of red flags. I'm going to say lead flags. <laughs> I thought that was a real thing. No. Oh, it is a real thing now. But, I mean, it's uh... a real thing now. Anyway, so lead is used in paint and cosmetics to pull bright, vibrant colors. And this is also connected to clowns who wore it. And I was thinking maybe that's why clowns are so fucked up and scary. They're just like, they have a psychosis from lead poisoning. But I'll be looking more into John Wayne Casey when I have time. I don't have time right now. But if anyone happens to know the exact kind of makeup he used when he dressed up to Mm. look creepy as hell, I would love to know. But he also, he worked in construction. He had seizures as a kid. And these like seizures are associated with lead poisoning. It's all just very, it's all very interesting. Like I said, when I started looking into the Green River Killer. Oh, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. But I mean, you know, that he worked in the paint department of an automobile. I did not know that. But I I actually just learned about that person, like in his, his crimes. Yeah. Lots of lead flags to that guy too. So we'll be talking about him eventually. But from an article entitled The History of Clown White from Deadly Poison to Mild Makeup, which again, all of our sources are listed under each episode description, quote, whitening the human face for comic relief has its roots in ancient Greek theater. Comic characters were portrayed wearing white masks while tragic heroes were usually cast in black masks. The ancient Romans continued the tradition until sometime after the Visigoths sacked the city of Rome at the beginning of the Dark Ages, when all masks were prohibited by the Catholic Church. Players then began using mineral and plant matter to color their own faces. Among the former, white lead was the favorite way of whitening the players' faces. No one back then really knew about the potential for lead poisoning, which, again, not true, because we know that they've known how toxic lead is for over 2,000 years, but I'm sure a lot of people didn't understand it. But luckily, these players usually dabbed only a bit on for appearance and then immediately wiped it off. So they didn't have it long enough in their bloodstream to enter their bloodstream. But all this changed during the Industrial Revolution in England. First, because the process for making white lead became much simpler. Before then, regular lead bars were steeped in vinegar, which again, I cannot imagine. Oh, wait. So stinky. Also, then covered in dung. For several weeks, so <laughs> we already had vinegar, and then you're going to cover it in poop? Well, you know, for a large part of the world, I mean, yeah, it was really stinky. And dung <laughs> is a pretty commonly used building material and uh, resource. I don't want to put it's, it on your face. It's different I'm, to build with. That really just threw me off, because I, I didn't actually read the poop part until just that. Um, it's great. <laughs> Anyway, so... Would you expect any less? <laughs> of course it was vinegar and poop. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. So Why would history, I think anything different? The history of humanity is just a bunch of people going, oh, we could put vinegar and poop in it, right? <laughs> How about some lead? Let, like, yeah, no, and... Let's put some lead. lead. Vinegar and poop. Lead, vinegar, poop. Yeah. Humanity summed up. 
All right, quote, white lead was used as a whitewash and a lubricant in factories because it lasted long and it did not smolder like other lubricants. So the English factory owners paid their chemists to come up with a quick and easy way to make white lead paste. And of course they did. Heated and then sprayed with acetic, oh wait, acetic acid. That's hard to say. The lead bars turned white and began flaking without assistance. White lead was now to be found everywhere. Yay! The second change was attributed to one man, and that's the famous English clown, Joseph Grimaldi. And he first pressed the stage with his face completely whitened with a combination of beeswax, paraffin, and white lead. It had a tendency to shrivel up and die, so he found the ways to make it last. And so obviously he's like the clown um, that everybody looks up to. So other clowns wanted to emulate his look. So and interesting. Yeah. I mean, going back to the idea of cults and like, there's always a leader. There's always like that one person you look up to no matter what kind of sector of society you're in. And so this was like there for the person, like how to succeed, like check out this guy. Well, it reminds me of influencers today where they're saying yes. one thing. They're saying, I mean, that's what they're saying, like, oh, you should try this or you do this or do this. And it's like, yeah, but you're rich. You actually have, had a, a you have a team of people. <laughs> basically had his own TikTok. With the he, bergamot and the rosemary yeah. just added into your leaded paint. But he didn't tell anyone about that. He's just, he just made it look that's effortless. He, he just made, made it look, look effortless. effortless. And he had this long-standing fame, and everyone's like, yes. "I want to be like Grimaldi," and they're putting because, on as yes. much direct white lead as they possibly can. <laughs> it's like, it, for some reason, it just doesn't look the same. Like they just have keep the, putting it on, just keep lathering it on. I must. I, maybe I need to put more on. Yeah. So, so he, yeah, he did. He did not reveal the secret ingredient, and he took it to his grave with him. So obviously, why would you want anybody? It's the same as we were talking about the um, Ayn Rand philosophy of like, I'm going to achieve this. Everybody has a right, but no, don't touch what I'm talking. No, you, you can't do what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. <laughs> this is mine and not yours. But anyway, so other clowns did try to emulate his white face and began suffering the symptoms of lead poisoning. And as we've mentioned, lead doesn't affect everybody the same way. And the sooner we can figure that out, I think the better off will be because there's clearly something. And like we've talked about it too, with certain fruits and vegetables that leach lead more than other fruits and vegetables. There's clearly a link there. So unfortunately, a lot of these people suffered the symptoms, which included confusion, irritability, anemia, joint pain, and in some cases, seizures. And these are the same symptoms that children suffer today when they ingest paint chips from old houses. And obviously not just by ingesting paint chips, as we've discovered, there's all sorts of fun ways to get lead poisoning. Lead was capricious, troubling some clowns and ignoring others that wore it constantly. So just with anything, like including what we are discussing, there's people that go, oh shit, this is poisonous. I should probably stop using it. And other people like, ah, whatever. It was just these few people. I'm going to still put it on my face. The first white-faced clown in America was George L. Fox. And he began losing coordination in his early 30s. And by the time he was 55, he could barely walk and had to be taken in by his sister until he passed away. But the Hanlon Brothers, which was a rowdy family circus that toured the South prior to the Civil War, also wore this white face and never seemed to be troubled by the symptoms of lead poisoning, end quote. Hmm. I don't think that's saying that they don't, didn't necessarily 
have the effects of lead poisoning. There's a lot of people that just deal with it. I think we can see that, you know, with like even like somebody who drinks Coca-Cola every day. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I like my Coca-Cola. So whatever, if it, you know, causes these side effects, I can deal with it. I think it's more of a lot of people just dealing with being poisoned than not having actual effects of being poisoned. Oh, absolutely. Quote, perhaps the most tragic victim of white lead poisoning was the Ringling Clown Frank Silvers Oakley. After rising to the top of Ringling Brothers Circus, he suddenly developed severe near problems and had to retire prematurely when he was barely in his 40s. And when he tried to make a comeback several years later, he collapsed in the center of the ring during his first clown sketch and had to be carried out. And the next day he shot himself with a pistol, end quote. At this point, they know it's poisoning people like this. This is in the 1800s, early 1900s. We've already said how we know lead. they've known about the toxic side effects of lead for 2000 years. They knew about it in ancient Rome. They knew about it in the 16th century. Yet this is pretty recent and still being used and to having these effects. It just boggles my mind. Like we, like we always are talking about how there's always alternatives and there's clearly an alternative to using this. Yeah, it seems to be like a mechanism which we're like we were able to compartmentalize this information. It's yeah. a serious problem. It's a serious problem for this group of people. It's a serious problem for this group of people that has lasting impacts. And then like that sort of like moves out of the cultural focus. And then some other group is like, oh, this is a serious problem. This is a serious problem for this group of people. This is a serious problem mm -hmm. that has lasting impact. And then we just keep moving the camera lens or something. I don't know what the Depending the on who is. it affects. I think it's weird whenever anything is named. I know you're going to talk about this, but like when you have a name for something like Jake yeah. Leg, when you like. Well, yeah, and you brought that up with um, crap, that I'm specific always, thing. And I can't I'm always fascinated when something gets named because that means there's enough people having, yes, yeah, having it or whatever. And there's a commonality to it. They And they have to, and they give them this, this like, you wouldn't, Make you a joke wouldn't of know. It what that is if you were in the out group like if if you walked into some some conversation and they're like oh yeah uh bartholomew and it, it was, it's got j yeah it was leaded gas because remember the house of butterflies yes how they termed it the house of butterflies and like made light of it the fact that these people were losing their actual minds and hallucinating seeing butterflies so there were people it didn't happen to one person it didn't happen no. at one time yeah in fact it happened it wasn't this one clown it wasn't this one factory worker where people actually were discussing this this uh the symptom. Pheno this phenomenon this symptom mm -hmm. they had to discuss it so they came up with a name for it mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of like there's a lot of power when that happens and then there's a lot of like evidence that this is a thing but it seems to just have that name as opposed to having that name and then some kind of systemic action um, mm -hmm. we, we don't really go further than passive recognition which Pass, isn't yeah it's not the thing we didn't call mm -hmm. it they're, they're not calling it lead poisoning they're calling mm -hmm. it jake leg they're calling it the house of butterflies they're not yeah. saying we're being poisoned by our employer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Laws were obviously passed to remove lead from gasoline when we saw how severe it was and then following leaded paint. And there's always this shift of like, oh, well, we took care of that. So now we're fine. Well, while these laws were passed for gas and paint, no one thought much about the paint put on American circus clowns. They were still mixing it up and mm-hmm. using mineral oil, beeswax and lead. And they still were suffering the effects of chronic lead poisoning. And like you just said, in circus lingo, it was called Jake leg. And, you know, we've we've talked about the fact that lead mimics calcium. It replaces calcium in your body. And so a lot of these joint issues, I'm sure, can just have a quick connection to that. It wasn't until the 1920s when a Polish immigrant named Max Factor, which... We all know Max Factor. You know makeup? Maybelline? No, Max Factor. It's just called Max Factor? It's not from Maybelline? I don't know. Yeah, Max Factor. That's the... Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, I probably have a little bit more knowledge of this than you do, but yeah. I hope... <laughs> yeah, no, Max Factor is an actual makeup company. I, I actually... Yeah, what I was trying to say is I didn't realize it was its own company. I was like, oh, yeah. like from Maybelline? Like, is that from Maybelline? Like, but... Yeah, no. So Max no, Factor is a... That. A competitor of Maybelline. I could not think of that word. Holy shit. And also the best stage name in history. He settled in Hollywood to make wigs and cosmetics. And he came out with a, quote, safety clown white in 1920. That clowns were finally able to be rescued from chronic lead poisoning. So it went on for this long Mm -hmm. before somebody was like, hey, I can make some makeup without lead in it. Yeah. And I think we've discussed this before. Like, there's no, there's no thread. I mean, we would want there to be this historical golden thread from Roman aqueducts to, to clown makeup in the 20s. But like, mm-hmm. there isn't a single discourse, which is really unfortunate. We, yeah, well, we have that now. But I, or we yeah. could have that now. And what I think we're seeing is this poison spreads when these mm-hmm. conversations are diffused. And he's, he's finally like saying like, nope, this has been a problem, which I'm presenting a solution for. I wonder if people really understood like this was a big problem or the historical impact of how this is a huge problem. When you make a joke of it, you know, and oh, Mm -hmm. you got the Jake leg. Ha ha. Like, oh, you're, you're being poisoned slowly being poisoned to death and losing your ability to function as a human all because you want to look a certain way, which I guess, God, that's still happening. But this guy realized that there's something that could be done about it. And so, quote, Max worked late into the night experimenting with oxide of titanium until he developed a formula that gave the exact same white sheen that white lead did. And he began taking his brand of clown makeup down to the circus, wherever there would be a show in Los Angeles and gave out free samples. Like this guy's a fucking genius also. Completely. I can't tell you the last time I bought makeup, but it makes me want to look and see like what Max Factor's makeup has now. Are they still on that wave of like having safe alternatives for people? Probably not, but we'll see. And anyway, so quote, it didn't take white-faced clowns long before they noticed how much better they felt when they were using Factor's Clown White instead of their own concoctions. And by 1927, every American 
quote Joey, which I'm assuming that's a term for being a clown. I don't fucking know. Was using the Max Factor brand. Quote Jake Leg disappeared from the circus, never to return. How wow. weird! Isn't that weird? How you remove lead and then their symptoms went away. And today, clown white comes in many different brands, and the main whitening agent is neither white lead nor oxide or titanium, but zinc oxide, which is the same thing we use on bee stings and sunburns, end quote. So the evolution came from one person going, hey, man, we don't need to be poisoning. (laughs) You know know what I mean? And the way he did it, that grassroots, like, hey, get a free sample. Holy shit, I can walk. Yeah. I'm not, you know, having seizures or all these other effects. So uh, apparently 1927 that, you know, that's where the shift happened. And just how ironic that that shift happened when leaded gas was coming in to poison everybody. Like right. think of so, that timeline. So there's this improvement in one area, but it. Yes. Just it, plummeted and yeah. made it a million. It was, it was a certain sector. Like. You put on that makeup and you're getting poisoned or somebody licks your face we're, or, you know what I mean? We're still like, in the current. We, we can't, like, even though there's this huge stride, it, we're still in the current. We can't get out of it. Yeah. But how interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just this concept of, well, whatever, like, it's just something I have to deal with. Like, all these people just continuing to slather their faces with lead and like, well, can't walk, but, you know, it is what it is. I hope that gives people some insight, though, into how easy it is. For us to do that, to fall into those traps. We do all the fucking time. All falls back to who's not being held accountable. Who's mm. who's saying it's okay for us to be sold poison? You know, if it wasn't for Max Factor, how, how much longer were clowns going to be using that makeup? Who knows? This happened in 1927. So, you know, lead was taken out of makeup, right? I think you always know where I'm going with these because when I Googled quote, when was lead taken out of makeup and quote, the FDA website was of course the first to pop up and their page link starts with quote, questions sometimes arise about the presence of lead in cosmetics. Lead is an element that occurs naturally in the earth. Trace amounts of lead occur in the foods we eat and the water we drink. The FDA works hard to limit consumers exposure to lead in all FDA regulated products, including cosmetics end quote. Let's say mama had this uh, clay face mask and this person selling and she put out this big warning of like the insane amount of lead that's in it. And they tried using that narrative of like, well, lead's a natural occurring element, blah, blah, blah. Well, her little meter thing brings up the amounts of lead and you can get it on Amazon. It's sold in the US, clearly not regulated. And that's the other thing is like what the FDA regulates isn't everything. (laughs) So you have this misconception that like, they're see, overseeing everything. Well, they don't actually oversee. It's only the things mm-hmm. they regulate. And even those things, there's loopholes, as we saw with the canned goods, the baby food. Anyways, the FDA website goes on to say, quote, FDA regulates cosmetics under a law passed by Congress, which is the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. This law does not require cosmetic products or most ingredients to have FDA approval before they go on the market. What? So... <laughs> The only exception is for color additives used in cosmetics, but cosmetics must be safe when consumers use them following the directions on the label or in the customary or expected way, end quote. And what that made me think of is how you looked up those disclaimers 
remember when you were looking up recalls and you figured oh, sure. out how to get away with like just putting a certain disclaimer on? Oh, yeah. You looked up certain things that are in your product. You put the age group that you're trying to, or they tell you what age group you can't use that in. Okay. Like they give you the guise of like how to put this ingredient in your product, not intended for children or only for this age group. They gave you the guideline to get away with it. Right. It was like from six months old to two years. 12 and older. Yeah. If it says 12 and older, there's probably something really bad in it. That assumes that it's like safe for them and Mm -hmm. only they would be using it. But Mm -hmm. no older sibling has ever had a toy that a younger sibling has wanted to play with. Right. Like that. And it's your responsibility as the parent to be watching that. Instead of just not selling poison. But what Uh, I love is, so they talk about how they regulate cosmetics. But then also go literally in the next sentence that this law does not require cosmetic products or most ingredients to have FDA approval. We regulate cosmetics, except for the fact that we don't regulate regulate cosmetics. (laughs) Don't others. We're really more in the color industry. (laughs) I guess I don't. We have this false concept of things. We're led to believe this, though. I don't want people thinking like that they should have known, but like you're led to believe that these things are being done or regulated and like, you know, you want to live in your safe little bubble. Mm -hmm. But at the at the end of the day, we got to just admit to the fact that corporations run our country. We the people do not run our country. Yeah, that's a really important point. Just in general, like we, yes. it's, it's been sold. Our, our government and our country has been sold to corporations. Yes. And we really need to wake up to that because it's just the new wave of manifest destiny. There's the corporations are that new wave. And we're going to talk about this, like I said, but that Ayn Rand narrative of is just corporate manifest destiny. If we don't actually regulate these things, we as the people are really fucked. And so we really got to start paying attention to where the money's coming from for certain political people and call people out when you see where that money is coming from. Human bodies and bodily autonomies, okay to be regulated, but corporations getting regulated is considered bad. We really need to draw attention to that. And people really need to see the big picture on that. And you said this a lot, and I'm just going to restate it, that this by itself is not the primary issue for change, but just that notion of like, there's only like one issue or like we have to focus on this one thing. Like the real revolutionary change is when we're able to look at all of this stuff holistically. We're in a system that is prioritizes our poisoning over our, our thriving. It's dollars over the actual human lives that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it may just you just made profit. me pop in my head too, like when essential oils and like because you brought up holistic, and when you know these first were making, like I want to say a comeback because like they've always been used, obviously, sure. but that new wave of it and how many corporations were like bashing it and like bashing these small businesses coming out with these products that like balms and whatever, like even myself included, like that had essential oils and organic ingredients and how 
even the FDA used the scare tactics of it. And like, it's like, yeah, you have to be knowledgeable about what you're putting out and make sure, you know, it's used by a certain date, but like, what's the problem in, you know, wanting something to be fr- like, you don't want something that lasts 10 years with the fucks in there that makes it last 10 years. But the thing is, these companies now are doing that. So the same companies who were trashing it, if you go into Walgreens, everything has like made with lavender essential oil and organic rosemary essential. <laughs> the, the hypocrisy of it, like, I don't, it's just, well, we, we just have to shit talk this until we can get the product out ourselves. Yeah. I just, it's so sick. Unrelated to that, on the FDA website, this is unrelated to makeup, but still in the same realm, and it's glad in the use of hair dye. And since I quite literally just dyed my hair bright red yesterday, (laughs) I felt the need to share this because that's like, oh, I did not know that lead was in hair dye. Talk about something seeping into your skin. Right. And into your brain. But quote, in 1980, lead acetate, which again, we've talked about lead acetate because that's, that's lead sugar. Okay. It's like the Splenda of lead. But anyways, lead acetate was permanently listed as safe in 1980 for use as a color additive in cosmetics intended for coloring hair or the scalp, which they term, quote, progressive hair dyes. However, in 2017, the FDA received a color additive petition requesting that the FDA repeal the lead acetate listing due for safety concerns. After reviewing the data, the FDA concluded that these data no longer support the safe use of lead acetate as a color additive in hair dyes. This amendment was based on FDA's determination that the available information no longer demonstrates a, quote, reasonable certainty of no harm, the safety standard for a color additive used in cosmetics, rather than a determination that lead acetate in cosmetics intended for coloring the hair on the scalp has been shown to cause harm under these conditions. On October 30th, 2018, the FDA published a final rule to amend the color additive regulations to no longer provide for the use of lead acetate as a color additive. On April 1st, 2019, the final rule was stayed because the agency received objections to its decision and a public hearing was requested within an allowable time frame. Gee, I wonder who did that. The agency has reviewed the objections and has determined that they did not raise issues of material fact. As of January 6th, 2022, <laughs> lead acetate is no longer allowed as a color additive in progressive hair dyes. We intend to exercise important enforcement discretion for 12 months following the effective date to provide industry with the opportunity to deplete their current stock and reformulate hair dye products containing lead acetate, end quote. They're always about... They- <laughs> It's all about protecting corporations. It's so insane. Well, I can't quit drinking now. I just bought a whole, yes. <laughs> a whole tub of liquor. I can't quit smoking now. I just bought two <laughs> cartons of cigarettes. I got to get my money out of them. Hair dye full of lead. I got to sell it. I got to sell it. God. I can't be out that product. January 6, 2022. Also, I didn't even make the connection to the January 6th events, but <laughs> I'm just saying like the fact that it's 2022. Yeah. So, and so the hair dye that I have probably has fucking lead in it and I had no idea. And yeah. like I said, people need to realize like this concept that they try and mislead you that like the idea of this poisoning is like this instant boom 
the effects aren't always seen right away. Sometimes they are, and you don't even realize it because the side effects are so wide ranging. And if you're somebody who, you know, dyes your hair every once in a while, might not affect you as bad, but there's people that dye their hair all the fucking time. Granted, hair dyed itself, probably not the greatest idea, but it's just the concept of like, they deemed it in 1980. And the only reason they deemed it not safe was because an outside group is the same with the baby food in the, in the tin cans. They're not regulating shit. They're regulating what corporations want them to regulate is what it seems like, doesn't it? Because it's not till outside groups go, hey, this actually isn't safe that they even consider it, even though we know how toxic lead is and we've known for 2000 years. Yeah, it's flowers in the attic. I'm telling you, I've mentioned this before. They keep poisoning the cookies. It's just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. It keeps us sick. I just don't understand like how they even deemed it safe in the first place. Obviously, that's right. something we need to get into more. And like we're bringing up just how we have this notion of like, okay, we ban leaded gas or we ban lead, but it's everywhere. And we, and the scary, like I said, the scary thing with these regulations being lifted, the people who should be held accountable, not being held accountable. Right. We, the people that we keep (laughs) obviously tactically being divided, all of this is, it's really sad. The, we, the consumer versus the corporation we talked about in our last episode. Well, not last episode, but last episode recorded our relationship with corporations. It's toxic. It's abusive. And we need to get out of it. I don't know. I guess maybe we need to start looking at that tactic, too. Oh, for sure. But like I said, at the end of the day, our power is in where we put our money. Someone much smarter than me on TikTok um, pointed out the smartest people at the CDC said, you need if you, when you get COVID, you need to stay away from work for 10 days like that's mm-hmm. we crunched the numbers this is what we've come up with right mm-hmm. i don't know how they determine that but they come up mm-hmm. with this is the safe amount of time you don't always know the exact date that that you yeah, might exactly. have had symptoms begin mm-hmm. or that you might have actually included so they came up with this 10 days yeah and then corporations got together and they oh, said God. look you can we cannot afford it you yeah. cannot have people out of work this long. And they pressured the government. This is another one of these things where it's like, remember when yep. this happened? Yeah. They pressured the government yep. to say, actually, five days is just fine. It's just fine. We're not going to lose money on paying people to be out of work. And we're not going to lose productivity on people yeah. being out of work. And yeah. so what this TikToker pointed out is apparently 10 days is when they start really sweating. So what you're saying with Finland and oh Iceland uh, with, with with Iceland and uh, their incredible history with striking. Apparently, if we can afford to get more people to not go to work for a couple weeks, a month, yeah. yeah, this whole thing would collapse. I bet the filibuster would look pretty pretty enticing after about 13 days. Yeah, I didn't bring it up in the episode, but Poland. Before mm-hmm. we started recording, Poland is dealing with their own issues right now with the overthrow from the political right and what's happening there and how Biden now has said that there's a permanent presence of military in Poland, but then also in the same week, making a behind closed doors deal with McConnell to appoint a lifelong justice in Kentucky that's anti-abortion, anti-Roe versus Wade, when they're already scary leaning that direction Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's just all just a bunch of hooey. Power is in what we consume and that's what we ingest, what we watch, what we listen to. And so I'm just going to plea again. I know people do it all the time. George Carlin always brought it up. Bill Hicks always brought it up. Great comedians to listen to right now during this time. But that is where we have our power. And we actually have to start using our power to disrupt it. Otherwise, they got us in their pocket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's pretty fucked up. And again, this is not one side of an issue. It's on both sides. The fact that they allow stock trading, that there's no salary cap, the $40,000 a year in new furniture allotted to senators. I mean, it's all just the fact that a senator who was caught trying to give fake election elector count votes to the vice president, I still see his stupid fucking ads on TV because he's still allowed to run for re-election, Ron Johnson. It's insane. And it's insane on all sides of it. And I just, we just got to wake up people. So thank you for tuning in. I'm not even going to bother saying what we're going to talk next week because I'm constantly, (laughs) the news is just getting way too chaotic. The news is just too chaotic for me to say this is what we're going to talk about next week because I have no fucking clue what's going to happen tomorrow. Spoiler alert, it may or may not be adjacent to lead. Well, it'll always be adjacent to lead because no matter what, there's always a connection. Because at the end of everything we're talking about, it's corporations running the show. Yeah. Lead is cheap. Lead is malleable. It lasts long. And that's all that matters to these corporations. Not the side effects. Again, someone smarter than I am, they had this idea that what Trump has done is accelerated a conflict, a Mm -hmm. fundamental conflict between the nation state and corporate interest, the corporate mm-hmm. state. We were on track to this melding of corporatocracies mm-hmm. where we just li- we pay to live under the corporate state and like by 2050 or something like that. And everything we do is just just to promote the machine of, of corporate yeah. interest. But I think what's really unfortunate and all of our conversations are sort of geared in this discussion is like we don't want the corporate state to win mm-hmm. but that nation state wasn't really working it's not like we choose a victor it's we actually have to break out of this whole thing we got we mm-hmm. can't let the one side really win that's just that's really yeah. frightening but the the nation state is uh it can't meet our our real human needs i think we gotta take a look at denmark why not why wouldn't we is it because we can't afford it is america yeah. poor are we actually poor? Are we actually we just the keep poor? Borrowing money, like and filing bankruptcy, and then start. <laughs> I want to know. Um, can I just like like embarrass America into? Can I can I mean girl America shame? into into acting appropriately? Like, can you not afford this? Like, yeah, really. Can you shame? Oh, healthcare? No. Are you? Are, oh, that's too bad. Sh- you can't afford health. Universal healthcare. Oh, you can't shame them into that because they use the the fountainhead right. narrative. Right. So you can't shame them. They go back to that little <laughs> bubble where it's like, yeah. But like I was going to say, it's always those people that like when you bring up Denmark and you bring up these other quote socialist mm-hmm. uh, countries or even Canada. 
And like, I mean, I know people very close to me who have this automatic knee-jerk reaction of it's not that great. Canada's healthcare is shit and you have to wait and blah, blah, blah. But it's like John Oliver brought up, the data they use for saying how long you have to wait isn't connected to like going in and getting checked out for the cold. It's like to get a knee replacement, you have to wait three months. You know what I mean? It's this idea of like taking stuff to manipulate it, to make people think, no, this isn't that good when it really actually is. And I see it all the time when people talk shit about Denmark and their high taxes. The people over there are complaining about the high taxes because they have a great fucking life because of their high taxes and they get paid more. Uh, you just got to look at where the information's coming from. And then like when you get that information, actually look at it. And then you talk to the people that affected by this information instead of the cock brothers. <laughs> telling you that this is a shit country or that they're oh you don't want them to pay you don't want to pay these taxes it's like no they the corporation don't want to pay we already pay these taxes yeah we we already pay these fucking taxes people we're trying to get the corporations to pay those taxes yeah i mean the billions of dollars billions i mean who would buy a hammer the way that we buy health insurance you gotta pay for it we're gonna pay for it monthly and then when you use your hammer you gotta you have to pay us again. Pay, pay and again. once you pay up to this amount, then we're going to cover 80% of the rest of the thing that you have to spend on this use of this hammer. Yeah. If you use it the way we want you to use it. Yeah, only if you use it the way we want you to use it. And we're going to make that really ambiguous. Like, yeah. We, but if, and if you don't use it the way we want, then you got to pay full 100%. Then, yeah. Yeah. And, so and these luck. are the same people who are bringing up the scare tactics of communism and socialism dictating your life. It's so insane. Congratulations. Insane. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks yeah. for tuning in, everybody. And like I said, not sure what next week's going to be about, but, you know, I'm sure it'll piss us all off. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.